Hello, hello. Welcome back to another episode of the Truth to Heal podcast. As you know, I'm always here to give information and education and wisdom on how we can break free from the very things that hold us back in life. The very reason that we're here. I just had an amazing weekend in Sydney and posted on my Instagram how really my reality was only once a dream. And these practices that I teach you on this podcast and in my programs when I'm working with you personally is all about reconnecting to yourself and really understanding these parts of ourselves that are holding us back and still protecting us, thinking we're still in childhood being faced with those same events that we were living back then. And today we're going to be speaking into the ego. And if we really understand what the ego is, which I'm going to teach you all about, and start to befriend it, start to recognize it, observe it, we then gain power back over the ego from an intuitive perspective, from our own inner compass, and we gain more control back. So the ego, to start with, is everything to do with self, so the I perspective. The word ego actually means I in Latin. And so any time you're saying I'm this or I that, that's essentially coming from the ego. And this ego that we have starts to get formed in our childhood because we're in a very egocentric state. I'm assuming you've been around a lot of kids and you'll see that it's all about themselves, like they're fighting over toys, they need food right now, they need to go to the toilet right now. Everything is centered around themselves as if the world revolves around them. And a lot of us as adults are still in this egocentric state. We still feel like the world revolves around us and we can't see a different perspective. And this is formed in childhood as a way to protect us. And I'll go into this a little bit further on how it continues to protect us, but it's not serving us anymore. Like it's no longer serving the very thing we actually want to achieve in life. And, you know, in those early childhood, when we're in this egocentric state, we're really trying to understand the world. We're trying to understand who we are. We're trying to understand how we gain love and acceptance and a sense of belonging. And we then learn from an ego perspective how we get those things very quickly. And they may have been formed in a really destructive way. This is what is still playing out in our adult life. So the ego is very heavily influenced by our experiences, our goals, our beliefs, identities, preferences, and biases. And people differ like in a degree to which they can step outside their own perspective to see things from others' viewpoints. But we're all locked into our own egocentric viewpoint because there's no way for us to really process information except from our own personal frame of reference. And this is where, you know, we can often get into conflict, you know, because the ego is trying to gain power and trying to prove that it's right and trying to, you know, gain that perspective of really wanting to be understood. And often we can do this in a really defensive way, which is it's not adaptive to what we want to create here in the world. It's not adaptive to the things we actually want to achieve. You know, it actually causes a lot of separation. The ego can often evaluate itself from a more favorable perspective. A little bit of entitlement there, you know, the ego just thinks it's right all the time. It thinks everybody else is wrong. It thinks that it's, you know, great in the world and just, you know, killing it at life um, and puts itself above other people. And, you know, other times people's thoughts, motives, emotions and behaviours don't involve much ego. You know, you might have been in times where maybe you're reading a book or you're being really creative and you're working on a really engaging task and 
or maybe you're having a really open and vulnerable conversation. And this is where you're in the experience of the flow state. So your I, your ego is kind of like gone into the background and you're responding automatically without much conscious self-related thought. So you're not concerned about who you are, what you want, or the implications of any events from your personal interests and well-being. And in these kinds of situations, your responses are not dominated by the ego or about thoughts of yourself or the me or mine. And this is really the state we all want to get into when we're in this state of flow, when we're not really bothered about people's judgments or whether we look better than anybody else or being afraid of being vulnerable then this is when we're really in the flow of life. And it's just really important to understand what the ego is because when we can see it and we can befriend it and we can start to love on it a little bit more because that's really what it needed when it was younger, what we needed when we were younger, then we can really start to take an observer point of view and see things for how they really are rather than trying to go in and fix it or trying to, you know, look like we're the better person when we support the people. Like even when we're in conversations, often the ego is at play. How can I help this person so I can feel better? So we're actually not really being present. We're not really in flow state. We're not really listening. It's the ego chirping in and being like, how can I help this situation so I can be right? And we're not often aware of this. Um, And this is why, you know, I wanted to really put this podcast out here so you could really understand where the ego is in play so you can start to just witness it. And it gets to be fun. You know, it gets to be really fun. I notice when my ego is in the room, um, and I'll share a little bit more about this later in the podcast, but when we can see it, we actually start to laugh like I definitely do when she's giving me these particular stories of what's actually going on in my reality because I can see it very clearly for what it is. It's just not the truth. It's not It's not the reality of actually what's going on. So the way to recognize your ego is just like sit in a quiet place and just listen. You know, just sit there and it will soon chip in. Um, you know, it'll be this familiar voice. It's probably what you've been thinking is in your intuition all along, but it's not. It's bold and rambling in your head. Um, and this is the ego. And you can tell because it starts talking first. And your ego's main job is to protect you, like mentally and physically and emotionally. And it's a really powerful job. But because the ego is largely influenced by the world in which we live, our past experiences, our hurts and our fears feed into our ego until it becomes too powerful. And this is the detrimental part. It's just running the show way too much. And you're not actually able to see from your intuitive guidance what steps you need to take and what decisions you need to take from intuitive perspective rather than a fear-based perspective, which is the ego. So when so much of your thoughts are governed by this overly protective part of you, you know, it takes us from the path that we're meant to be on. And this is when we can often feel disconnected. And what it's actually doing is it's doing everything in its power to hold you back. And the ego is afraid. You know, it keeps you safe by shutting down anything new or different. Um, It always spins like a web of what ifs. And it's controlling and quite bossy. And it can be really manipulative. And this is when we can start getting some humor about it when we recognize it, because it's almost like you see this version of yourself, the ego part of yourself, as this bossy, like, um, the way that I view her, my ego is like this, just this highly reactive teenager. 
you know, she's just feisty, she's fiery, um, and I can see it so clearly now that it's quite funny when you see it. And this is what I want to teach people, that it doesn't have to be hard, it doesn't have to be challenging. And when we get to this particular point in our healing journey, that things actually get to be quite fun and exciting, and we get to see and witness these parts of ourselves, have some humour about it, and then give that them that love and that, that attention and reassurance that they actually needed. So here's a few signs that you can see that your ego is at work. And the first one is fear, because often I get a lot of questions around, how do I know what's my ego and how do I know what's intuition? And I'll do another podcast on intuition, but this is really how you can really understand when the ego is coming in to protect you. So fear is the first one, like, what if this happens? What if that happens? What if it doesn't go to well? What if I speak and people judge me? It's all of that. It's this inner voice that's speaking in a fearful or anxious way. And, you know, this is definitely ego because intuition doesn't actually have a fear-based feeling. It doesn't come from a place of fear. The other one is scarcity. When we're feeling insecure, we're feeling like we're lacking something in life, whether that's money or a relationship. And you have this fear-based mentality around, I'm never going to get that. This is driven by the ego. Um, and what it's trying to do is protect you from potentially putting yourself out there and being rejected or abandoned or, you know, going bigger than what you've been before and it not working out. So this is what the ego is trying to protect you from feeling them very feelings that you once felt, to, felt as a child. It's trying to protect you from ever feeling that. But the only way to grow is to lean into these spaces that there is some fear, knowing that it feels right for us, but there is some fear. But often what we do is we listen to the stories and we don't actually take those steps and we keep stuck in life. The ego definitely parts in when there's change. So fluctuating ideas, changing viewpoints, like inconsistent self-talk. These are all characteristics of the ego. And when you're coming from your intuition, it's just this steady flow. It's this trust and surrender. So often when we face with when we're faced with a, a change in our life or something new, the ego can really ramp up in these um in these areas of our life and start to create this fear. And this is when we start to feel this angst and oh my god, what am I doing? Is this the right decision? Is it not? I don't I'm so indecisive, I don't know what to do. This is when the ego is kind of coming in and giving you that conflict. So when we're looking at the external with the ego, the ego tries to boost itself up. Um, by talking itself higher than the position that maybe you, you're currently in in reality. You know, it like overly speaks about itself or I'm achieving this or I'm doing this or, you know, I've done this today or I've met all of these people today or whatever it may be. It's it's really telling other people and accentuating your reality as if it's better than what it is. And that's because there's a part of you, the ego part of you, doesn't want to be seen as vulnerable or doesn't want to be seen as not achieving. It's really protecting others from seeing this vulnerability within you. And often the ego can show when it's constantly justifying its actions or what it's said. So the ego backs up its decisions with like a laundry list of reasons of why it did it, even when you've been reactive. And maybe your partner's come to you and said, do you really feel like that's okay, the way you spoke, the ego would be like, well, yeah, I do, because if you'd have not done this and you'd have not done that, then I wouldn't have acted in that way. And this is the ego trying to, again, protect you from one awning maybe where you were reactive 
and, you know, to vulnerability because that's what it takes to own and take responsibility of our own emotions is to be vulnerable and own up and see, oh, yeah, maybe that wasn't the best reaction in that moment. But when it's challenged, when someone's coming forward and saying the way you just acted wasn't okay or whatever it may be, then the ego will go into defense and protect its identity because that's what the ego is, the I. This is the person that I am. This is the identity that I have. Um, But it isn't true. You know, this identity was just created from this mode of protection from when you were younger. The ego is very judgmental as well. So, you know, if your inner voice speaks in a judgmental way or it's constantly comparing other people to you, you know, you're judging others all the time, you're judging yourself all the time. This is definitely the ego. And, you know, it's human to judge. So don't give yourself a hard time if you do this. But, you know, the thing is, is that if you're constantly doing that, it's really understanding that why am I judging people so harshly? Because often it's a mirror reflection of what's going on for you. You know, so if you see someone who's really attractive on the outside and you judge them or what are they wearing or look at the hair or whatever it may be, it's really coming back and being like, what is this actually making me feel? And maybe it's just bringing up a sense of insecurity within you, or maybe there's a part of that person that you long to have within you. And this is when comparison analysis comes in. So the ego is very judgmental. And, you know, the ego, like I explained to you, it comes in to protect you when you're feeling vulnerable. And it shows up in so many different ways, like strong emotional reactivity. So often a lot of people come to me and be like, how do I know that I have an ego? How do I know when it's showing up? And it's like, well, if you're in a reactive state, which means you're not in calmness, any form of reactivity, whether it might be sadness or anger or rage or judgment or whatever it may be, then this is a part of your ego coming in to protect you. It has this very strong false confidence about it. So it overcompensates about itself. When if you actually came back, and I've done this so many times where, oh, this when when I was a lot younger, that I've, you know, said something and then come back and gone, why did I just say that when it's not true? Why did I? And this is when we start to recognize it. So it doesn't matter if you say it, but as long as you come back and have awareness and go, why did I just do that? Why did I just overindulge all of that information for absolutely no reason to make myself seem in a bigger light than what I actually am? And this is the part of the ego. The ego often has like black and white thinking, like all or nothing. It can't see a different perspective. It can't really understand other people's perspectives. It's very driven from its own. And, you know, it's very competitive. It's so competitive with other people, you know, and this is, you know, where I often hear a lot of people talking about, oh, we need to kill the ego. I've gone through an ego death or, and it's just not true. Like the very thing we need to do is just integrate it and befriend it. Because the thing is, is like, even when it's competitive, there's parts of the ego that are actually really great, you know? So we have this competitiveness about us, but it's the one thing that gives us motivation and inspiration. It's only whether it's coming from place that's more detrimental to what we're trying to achieve you know and creating burnout and all of these other things that are really toxic to our own bodies rather than having this spark of competition and being driven so when you're seeing people like for me for example in business or um financial situations or whatever it may be I really celebrate them people and I actually see it as a way that I can achieve that and step into that I never used to do that though it was very much jealousy and I can't do that and how have they done that what have they done it was very much from that perspective rather than seeing it now as a healthy competition 
or a healthy comparison of what we actually get to achieve. We actually start to see these people as inspiration um, rather than holding us back from actually stepping into the very thing we want to do. The ego can often go into analysis paralysis, which is like obsessive thoughts that stop you from completing any action. So when all of these thoughts are coming in, the ego is really trying to stop you from feeling physical, mental, or emotional situation that you felt when you were a child. So it's really starting to understand from an observer point of view, like, you know, like, is this really threatening to my emotional, mental, and physical state right now? You know, is this really reality that these stories are trying to, you know, really trying to impact me? I just launched a four-day masterclass, which actually starts tomorrow, called Solidity. And this is where I actually teach you how to be so solid in yourself that your ego can't actually interject. You see it. You keep striving forward from these six codes that we work from in life that keep us solid in the foundation of who we are, who we think we are from the ego perspective, who we are. So I'll pop the link for that in the show notes. And I would love to see you guys in there because really it's changed so much of my life and it's the very things that I use each and every day. So again, like we're not looking to kill the ego. It's been your protector this whole time. So working with the ego allows you to create new choices. The aim is to work with the ego and know when it's being overly protective. Its role is to prevent you from harming the environment, which includes emotional harm. So the ways that we can start to befriend the ego is, you know, remembering that the ego hears and sees from its own perspective. So in order for us to step into our higher self, we need to create a new narrative, you know, because the ego is a master storyteller. It has thousands and thousands of emotional events and experiences that's logged that you can't even consciously remember. So the stories, like these stories serve to protect you, but it always keeps you tied to past experiences because that's predominantly what the ego is run from. It's run from the past. And it actually hinders us from making really great decisions for our future. So one of the ways is notice the next time you're triggered. And remember, a trigger is when we're emotionally reactive. You know, and that can be defense. It can be avoidance. It can be fear. It can be reactivity. It's any form of trigger where you're not in a calm state, where you're not actually aware of what's actually going on in the situation. And you know, your body will respond, your heart rate might increase, maybe you'll get a bit sweaty, maybe you'll get a bit fidgety and irritated, or you want to verbally defend yourself because you're feeling out of control. And the ego's role is, you know, it's trying to get you back into the control seat. It's trying to get you to feel powerful again. Um, So bringing some humor into this is what's so important. You know, give it a name, name this part of your ego, which brings a smile to your face, you know, so don't name it anything detrimental or annoying like an ex-partner. My name that I've given to my ego is Lizzie. My middle name is Elizabeth, and I really just think Lizzie is a really fun name. And I can see and feel when she's come into the room. And now I'm able to observe her and give her the reassurance she needs rather than try to gain power from an external perspective which is often self-destructive behaviors and don't get me wrong you know this is a full healing journey this is what we're here to do in life is evolve and heal so lizzie definitely still comes in at times um but i'm able to observe her and not react from a place or if i have i'm able to see it very quickly and it's not the same as 
previous things like rejection and abandonment and not feeling good enough. It's just other ways now that she comes in subtly. And this is now me working with ego and its blind spots when I recognize it. But because I've got such humility and own responsibility for my emotions, if someone was to bring it forward to me, I'm able to see it um, rather than go into defense mode and reject what they're actually bringing forward to me. And this is the peace and freedom that we're talking about. When we practice, you're able to witness your ego and the reactivity will lessen and your intuition will become more activated. And from here, you enter a flow state and this is where you find that place of inner peace and freedom that we're all longing for. So I'm hoping that this podcast is giving you some really great information into the ego, remembering it's here to protect you. We don't want to shun it out. We don't want to make it wrong. Very low vibrational frequencies. We want to witness it. We want to see where it's trying to protect you and gain power in situations where it's not necessary. When we practice this over time, like giving it a name, seeing it from a bird's eye point of view rather than being wrapped up in the eye of it, like I am angry, I am this, I am that, then you get to see that it's just a part of you here that's going into protection and being able to witness it, you separate yourself from it. And when you separate yourself from it, which is the power of giving it a name, you're no longer in the reactivity of it. You get to observe it, you get to analyze it from a bird's eye perspective. You get to see whether what it's the story that it's telling you, all these fear-based stories that are coming from the past are actually true for your current reality. And remembering that when the ego is in, you know, we have these perspectives, we have a lens that we look through, like a library in our mind. So we really need to look at, for example, you know, if the ego's come in and saying, you know, about your partner, you know, he's lazy, he doesn't support me, he doesn't love me, he doesn't do X, Y, and Z. Really just in that moment, you feel in that look perspective of it. What does he do? Or what does she do? you know, to show that they support you and love you because we're all from very different walks of life. You know, the way that they show love and support might be very different to how you want to receive love and support. And then this is when we have these beautiful conversations around it. But really having a look at how do they show up and support you and love you and show that they're connected to you in, in a way that feels good. You know, it might not be the way that you expect it from the ego because it's trying to gain that need from the past but really looking at it a very different way and you can see then that your ego is coming in and trying to sabotage everything because of this perspective that it has. I would love to hear from you with what your names of the ego are. So make sure you message me over at Instagram at Her Successful Mind. And remember to have fun with it. You know, I really want to create a new spin on this whole healing perspective that it doesn't have to be hard and challenging yeah, uncomfortable at times because we're facing emotions and feelings that we've been running from from our whole life. And we keep creating these constant cycles over and over and over again, where it just doesn't have to be our reality. It doesn't have to be that way. So I'd love to hear from you with your names. And remember, I have my four-day masterclass tomorrow, Solidity, that we start. I will pop the link in the show notes, but I'm really hoping to see you in that. Have an amazing day. I'm Laura Cochran, and you've been listening to The Truth To Heal. Thank you for joining me today. Celebrate your courage to expand your mind outside of the box and nurture your rebellious side. No one knows what's best for you other than you, and I'm here to show you how to be guided by your own inner compass and feel ultimate freedom in your life. You can follow me for more truth and value on Instagram at Her Successful Mind. And if you haven't yet, go to subscribe, rate, and review this podcast. 
Join me next week for some more Truth to Heal. Thank you for choosing you.